This is the Heavy Boots Podcast with Jenny Camille, the place to feel all your feelings. This episode is called Full Scope. And usually when I sit down to come up with podcast material, I just write down everything I'm feeling or everything I'm thinking about. And usually something glaringly points out to me, this would be a good topic. But this time, there was a million little things, so many different topics, so many different things going on in my mind that I just thought, full scope, let's do them all. So that's what we're doing. Let's get into it. Well, hello there. How are you all doing? I hope well. First things first is I am so sorry I realized just recently that my last podcast left you hanging to know if I had rabies or not. Kind of a big deal. And I never came back on in a timely fashion to let you know that I do not have rabies. I'm sure that a lot of you have social media and can see that I was okay, but I'm sorry that I didn't update you and let you know that both Percy and I are rabies free. So... I think I told you it was going to be 10 days of quarantine. I can't remember if you knew that we tried to do it here and Percy flipped out. He made the biggest mess I've ever cleaned up from a cat. Um, And so we decided to, you know, give him the animal services to be quarantined. And it wasn't just giving him. It was quite a bit of money, like the rest of our savings. And... This kid, man, he is just something else, you know? He's just taken a lot of our time and effort and money, but he is so worth it. And he when he came on back, he was he, he was shaken. He was visibly shaken. Um he was definitely locked up without any outdoor space, which we didn't realize going in. Uh that was kind of a sad thing to to find out after. But um, he did good. I mean, I don't think that he did well there. I think he was a pain in the butt because they called us a day early and said, hey, you can come get him now if you want to. And we couldn't. We were busy. And so he had to stay the full the full go. But I thought it was weird that they called. I imagine that he was just crying and crying and crying and just not very nice and probably hissing and all of the above, but they didn't tell us much and we didn't really ask, you know, it was, it's like, okay, it's over. We're all good. Um, he was so happy to be home. He, we didn't let him back in the house at all. And at first he was like, what the hell man, you know, but then got him all set up, um, with some spaces and, you know, cleaned all his areas that he's used to. And we had to use a squirt bottle a little bit to get him away from the door, you know, when he tried. And within a day or two, he was back to understanding that and really gracious and happy to be home. Like, he was just happy. So that was good. Um, And he was better to the boys, uh, Cricket and Banjo, the other two. Those were his boys. And yet he always chased them down and... One day I had to, I had to help Cricket get down from the tippy top of a tree because he just had him 
pinned up there. He was just staring him down and poor Cricket was screaming and I could hear it across the field and ran to him. Um, anyways, I, I'm just so happy he's home, but within him being home, it's been one thing after another with this poor kid, Mr. Percy. I don't know if an owl picked him up and dropped him or if he got stuck in a fence, but he has like, it's reminiscent of what I remember when I was a kid. We had a lot of cats and we lived in a rural place, very similar to where I live now. And owls would pick up the cats and drop them because sometimes I think owls think that it's just a varmint, you know, (laughs) like a little mouse or you know, it's a bigger, it's a bigger mouse or what have you. And then they go to pick them up and they can't, they can't carry the weight. And so they've already done the damage though of clawing them, you know, and then when they drop them from a higher height, they can hurt their pads on their feet. And so that's kind of what it looked like to me because Percy's back pads of his feet were all raw and awful. And then he had all these little holes, you know, but then I also found a spot in the fence that is very dangerous. And I was thinking if he got stuck, then the paws of his, you know, his pads of his feet could have been going through the dirt, you know, just like stuck and just got scraped through the dirt. So I don't know what happened. We'll never know what happened, but I've been helping him on the mend for like the last week or so. Crazy kid. And he was the best patient, uh, hydrogen peroxide. And, you know, I tried to do, um, on one of his wounds, I tried to do, what do you call that? Um, bandage, plastic bandage. I don't know. It's like a nail polish brush and it has like, gosh, I can't think of what it's called, but you know, you put it on and it's supposed to seal up the wound without a bandaid, you know, liquid bandaid, liquid bandaid, liquid bandage. I don't know. And he flipped out on that one. So it must sting really bad. I got a little bit in there. So one of his feet, one of his little paw pads is better than the other. But that was that. And so he was recovering and that was going nicely. He was still kind of out of it, though. He was upset, you know, and he's scared. He's scared to go to his normal spot to go to the restroom. So now we walk with him and it's really cute. But now he can't. Like two days ago, I went to feed him breakfast and he came and he was limping. So something happened to his front paw now. So I thought it was like a sticker because that happens a lot. So I tried to investigate and that one is way harder to investigate. He is not happy with me. Today, I was trying to do a lot more investigating and he tried to bite me and he tried to scratch me and well from this whole incidence, this rabies thing, I've learned two things. One, don't go on the internet to look up any health information. You'll just think you're going to die. And I I was in the depths of despair. So that's one thing. And two, these are wild animals. I cannot act like they're not wild animals. I cannot (laughs) allow them to, you know, be in a capacity to bite me or scratch me. And so I've been a lot more careful And so he tried to bite me, tried to scratch me today, and he was not successful. But then later, I went and gave him some food, wanted to pet him, and he, like, moaned at me. Not hissed or anything, but just, like, 
don't touch me, <laughs> you know? So he, he's over me right now and I'm quite over him. So it's okay. Um, but he, he's happy. So Paisley, my girl inside, she got the present of a catio. Um, we bought a catio. It's pretty big. It's like, I don't know, six, six or seven feet tall by like eight feet long. I don't know. It's pretty cool. You could probably fit like three, three adults in there. And it's like long wise. It's, it's not like, it's not huge or anything, but it has levels and it's outside. And so she's so excited. And when she's not in it, in the night and everything, Percy can be in it. So he's been really excited to have that, especially when he's not feeling good. Um, Cause he just sits on one of the shelves and, you know, keeps shaded. And the cool thing is like, I don't know if you guys noticed the sun lately. I used to be one of those little girls who would go in the sun all day long, go in the pool. And yes, it was definitely warm and, you know, especially summertime and, and all that. But like the sun lately, I don't know, again, if, if I'm just getting older <laughs> or, or what, but the sun, it just feels like 30 degrees warmer than it was when I was a kid. I don't know. I can only stay out in the sun for very short periods of time these, these days. It just gets me in a different way than I ever remember. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there's like beautiful shade in that thing. There's like whatever the roof is made out of, it keeps it so cool in there. And so they're so happy. Although it hasn't been a true summer yet, which I am grateful for. Um, but, but yeah, so a whole rabies thing, a lot of antibiotics for me. Now I know that I can't have, you know, any type of bite from a cat. I was just gonna, like, if it was just me and I wasn't thinking, you know, um, if I didn't have all those varmints that he brought me, <laughs> you know, that he, uh, hunted down, then I would, I would have just put hydrogen peroxide on it. Like when Paisley bites me, she doesn't get the skin cause she just knows, you know, and, but if she scratches me, then I clean it out with hydrogen peroxide and that's the end of it. And like the doctors were just like, if you get bit by a cat, even your cat inside, you should have antibiotics. And I was like, okay. So that was something I didn't know. So, you know, you learn stuff and, and it was a good lesson for us too, because I think I said it in the last podcast is like the, the, the boundaries, we weren't having any, we're just letting him come as he go, as he wants to. And, and, um, so now there's a nice balance. Paisley's so much more happy. I'm much more happy because I've just turned a little switch in my brain that he's cared for more than he's ever been cared for. And even if it's not the level I would normally care for something, it's all that we can do. So it's been all right. <laughs> but in other news, um, I had a really bad panic attack on Monday, like really bad. Like I, something clicked in my brain and I was sobbing for like a half hour. Um, and it was the sobbing. I don't know. Like when I was a little kid, it happened a lot. Like the sobbing where you can't stop sobbing and you can't control your breathing. 
it's like you're so like like I can't even recreate it but it's just like you know and you're just you can't catch your breath and that's what happened um and luckily that's not the norm for me um the bad ones and I've had like I've had like four bad ones this year already um that are like this but normally they come when I'm trying to do something like you know like I went with my mom recently to a function and you know I'm not doing much I'm I'm very agoraphobic lately and so I'm trying to slowly work myself out of that but um we were standing in line and I just I felt so bad she was telling me a story and I had to just leave and like I couldn't stay and explain you know so it was really rude of me and everything but she's so supportive and so kind and um what ended up working is I went I took there was this um oils it's called young living and one of my cousins um it's actually a cousin-in-law I guess because of (laughs) it's she's married to my cousin and she's amazing and she sells these oils and she helped us one summer. I think, gosh, now it's been like three or four years ago. Um, and we made our own essential oil, like, what do you call it? Concoction. We're like witches. No, <laughs> it's just oils and they smell good and you make your own scent or whatever. But like she told us the properties. So like this oil helps with anxiety. This oil helps with, you know. Uh, sleep or calm or whatever. So I made my own little mixture of stuff to, you know, have in my bag of tricks. And so like literally all I had to do was put that on the back of my neck and I was able to get back in line pretty quickly. Um, I mean, it still took me about five minutes, I guess, to like breathe, figure out what am I going to do, find it and then go about my day. So anyways, but that's the that's more normal is like just spatial anxiety like that or like I'm in a setting I can't handle you know what I mean but the ones that scare me the most is like what happened on Monday um so we live in a rural area and they do um what would you call it it's called uh, oh gosh bug abatement <laughs> crop dusting crop dusting and so often there'll be a helicopter buzzing around and they, they just, you know, kill the bugs. And I, I, I'm used to it. I get that. It, we don't normally know that it's happening. It just starts happening. And then you're like, okay, you feel for a sec. I do get anxiety. Like I do for, you know, I get jolted and I feel like we're in Vietnam or something. Never been, but, um, you know, just feels like, oh no, what's going on in war zone or something. And then you go, oh, The farm next door is getting their yearly crop dusting. And so you just kind of go, okay. Well, this time we had notice because it was actually the property very close to us and it's family, uh, you know, related to my guy's family. And so he was kind enough to let us know they're coming on Monday is what he said. Well, then we got a text saying that they weren't coming Monday, they would be there on Tuesday. So they were doing a different property a little farther away and they wouldn't be coming until Tuesday. 
So I foolishly resolved in my brain that they weren't coming. And I mean, I think anyone would do that. And I guess it doesn't much matter to someone who doesn't struggle with panic, you know, because you just go, okay, they're not coming. But for me, it was like, okay, they're not coming. Big sigh of relief. And I went outside and did some more things that I probably wouldn't have done. So within those minutes, there's a helicopter that comes, but it not only comes, it lands in our backyard. And it didn't look like it knew how to land in our backyard, if you know what I mean. Like it was hovering for quite a while and there really wasn't a nice level spot. I mean, there was, it landed and it was able to land, but it just, um, it, yeah, we've been here for two years in October and last year, this is not how it went down. So that's what we know. Um, and yeah, so anyways, so Paul was still here, my mister, and he ran out and was like, what the heck? And so he didn't even clock my, my feelings like at all. I thought that he had. And so that's another part of panic. And I guess I'll go into that later, but so he didn't, he just was reacting on what he saw, how uneasy it looked to land and the safety of now there's people that live here. Um, you know, and there's dust that that blows up, like so much dust, it was crazy. Um, and then it just wasn't what was planned or talked about and, and what have you. A helicopter lands in your backyard. So he went out and he was really angry. Um, and I don't think there was a good interaction. I don't know what happened. Um, I know that he, you know, he was mad because safety wise with a helicopter, you usually scope out where you're going to land before you just go land willy nilly. So there were all sides and I don't know, there was, um, just, it just was, there was energies (laughs) outside that were conflicting and, um, little argument or whatever. And so when, all of that was going down. Like, I I think it was all of it. You know what I mean? I think it was like, Paul was almost leaving to go to work and now he's going to be late. He was out there without any shoes on. He had to come back in and get his shoes on because he was just like, what is going on? You know? And then it was just so many things at once that my brain blew a fuse. Like that's the best way to describe it is that I completely blew a fuse. Um, The noise, one, uh, is hard for me. And I just, you know, he was gone for quite a while. And in that time that he was gone, I had to cave in on myself. I had a sweatshirt on and I put my head inside, which was not helpful because then I couldn't breathe clean air and I lost it. Like, I don't know how else to describe it except that there were no real thoughts. Like, it's so hard to explain a panic attack because it's like, well, what made you panic? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like all of that, like, like all the energy and all the stuff and knowing that like somebody's fighting outside and like, you know, 
And I honestly also was like, like late, like once he came in and everything, he unfortunately had to help me out of my panic attack. He always helps me to breathe. Um, but it was like a half hour one. Like it was a really long one and it was really hard. Like I don't, again, I'm having trouble describing it in the panic attack. All it is, is I, I am crying and I can't breathe. And there's not like any rational thoughts. It's just a state of panic. There's not like, there's not like, oh my gosh, the helicopter. Oh my gosh, this, there's nothing like that. It's just like my breakers already tripped. All of that was apparent and then it tripped. And then there's like no peace in my brain, but there's no, no solid reasoning. If that makes any sense, it doesn't make sense. It's hard to explain. But so I was just crying and I couldn't breathe and I was coughing and I almost threw up three times and I hurt my throat. I don't know if you can hear that in my throat, but I've had a cough for like these two days. Like, so on like Monday evening, I, I sneezed and then I started coughing and I coughed and now it felt, um, like bronchial, you know? And so I don't know if I just damaged my throat with the panic, but it was just very, um, debilitating. That's my word that I keep coming up with. It was debilitating. And then, you know, Paul had an uh, uh, alter, not altercation, but he just, an interaction where he just was angry and upset. And when he came back in, then he had to deal with me. And then when I calmed down, my biggest concern was if I caused him to have these feelings that made him angry to go outside, you know what I mean? And so I'm really good at blaming myself for everything. And I just thought, oh my gosh, he, he knew how I was feeling before I even told him or something. And then he went out there or whatever. And he was like, no, he's like, if you weren't here, I would have done the same exact thing because who does that? You know? And I was like, okay, are you sure? Are you just saying that to make me feel better? You know? And he's like, no, it's not safe. It's just there. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not safe, and it's just not what's been done without prior notice. And so, you know, and and you know, we've only been up here two years, but last year this did not happen, and they did crop dust. And so, he was right in that sense for sure. Um, you know, but um, I just thought, you know, I've done it again my stupid feelings or my stupid panic and my stupid, and that's what I do is I just like blame myself and think that everything that's going on wrong outside of me is because of me. And that is a huge theme that is tiresome. I'm so tired. (laughs) But so after he got himself ready and went to work, he, you know, he went to work late, um, I just sat frozen for like an hour. Um, And this has actually happened to me without panic lately. It's like, I'll just sit here and stare out the window. And I just am like, I can't focus. I'm in a fog. And I'm really trying to figure it out and work on it. But it's like, 
there's just something that's like impending doom. Like I just feel on pins and needles all the time. And yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I don't like the feeling and I know 4th of July is coming and that's really scary for me. Um, I used to love it and it's those noises. I just can't, can't handle it. You know, I just can't do it. And, um, it took me like four days to do the dishes. (laughs) I did them. I did them yesterday. I was very excited. Uh, it was national PTSD day and I shared the pictures of my sink before and after (laughs) because I just wanted someone to see that like, it's okay. Like (laughs) it happens and that's not laziness. And that's the other thing is like, you just spiral on yourself. At least I do. And then, so yeah. And our laundry is way overdue. Uh, You should see what I'm wearing right now. Um, but that we have to go out into the world and do, and that's getting, harder for me. It was getting better and now it's getting hard again. And so, but you know, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind of exhausted from all the panic. Uh, I haven't really slept well since, but I started therapy again. Um, so far so good, but that exhausts me too, because I get so emotional Um, it's a really, it's a really cool platform. It's better help. And what I love about it is they give you homework because what used to happen is that for the first few times that you do therapy, of course you want to rattle off everything. You want to talk it all out and get it off your chest, you know? But when you're done with all that, You kind of want to leave therapy with homework. You want to leave therapy and go, okay, how can I implement some change? You know, how can I start to improve my life or how, you know, because if you're just sitting in the talking about the hard stuff, then you're not really, I don't know, working through stuff, you know? So they gave me homework. Uh, I need to do it. I I just remembered that I forgot to do it, but I have a week until my next one. Um, and they have classes. So I took a class today about highly sensitive people and they give you a quiz to take to make sure you're supposed to be there. And I mean, anyone could be in the class you're learning. So, um, I got 12 out of 17, I think. I'm sorry. I got 15 out of 17 and you had to have at least 12. And so... Yep, I'm a highly sensitive person. I think everyone could have determined that. But I really love it because there's a journal that you do every day and it's a really good platform. So better help. And um, I am not sponsored by them, but <laughs> so far I've done one therapy session and I love my therapist and um, we shall see. I hope that it works out. I, I told her about the panic attack. My first, my first therapy session with her was on Monday, three hours after my panic attack. So it was perfect. Um, I was almost late to it because like I said, I sat still and exhausted for like 
an hour. Then I had to take a shower. And then after the therapy session, I was exhausted and I tried to sleep and I couldn't. It was just weird. So yeah. And then last night I thought I was going to sleep and I couldn't. (laughs) So it's just one of those things. But um, in therapy, when I explained about the helicopter thing, I told her, I said, I feel so stupid. That's the word that always comes up or feel so weak or like I'm dramatic or like a victim of something, like playing a victim of something. And I explained that those voices come into my head constantly. Um, and she, she, she was so cool. She was like, um, I don't think that anyone would be a hundred percent okay with a helicopter landing in their backyard. She's like, not even if you know that helicopters come around there, not even whatever. She's like, it is not normal for a helicopter to land in your backyard. So she, (laughs) she made me feel better because it's not like I, I, and even if it, is I still am allowed to have feelings about it. And so that's what she was trying to help me with because I was crying and I always cry. And that's another thing. She was just like, at the beginning, she was like, I don't want you to say sorry for anything that you're doing. I don't want to hear the word sorry. And I said it twice. And she's like, at least you didn't get a a third strike. (laughs) But, you know, your feelings are your feelings. And like, they got to come out. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so difficult to be human. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. I, I have a lot of good moments, you know what I mean? Like a lot of good pieces. And so I'm trying to look at that more than the sum of it all, you know, cause it's daunting. It's, There's just a lot going on um, in my brain. And some days I feel like I'm exploding with creativity and words and poetry and ideas. And then some days like, you know, I just sit here and I, I feel like I still have the words and ideas in my head, but like I can't piece them together and I just zone out. And I, I know I need to do more by way of like, exercise and health per usual. (laughs) But if I'm really honest with you, I'm like so freaking confused right now. Like I read this book called A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose by Eckhart Tolle or Tolle. Um, Eckhart Tolle. He's the one who wrote The Power of Now, and his writing is brilliant. Like, it's so easy to read, and it's so profound, and so crumbling. (laughs) This particular book has to do with ego, and how the thoughts in our head sometimes can be from ego, and the thing that really kicked me in the ass about this book is he was saying that, okay, so my whole deal is 
my whole enlightenment journey that I've been on uh, for the last probably like 10 years has been about letting go of the superficial um, material stuff to me, you know, not necessary to each their own, of course, but like the whole ladder of success and um, just basically like Jim Carrey's whole thing where he was like, if you, you know, keep searching for the external, you'll get there and you'll be unhappy because you never took care of the internal, you know? So all that stuff. So, you know, consideration for others, uh, to be self-aware, to, uh, understand where my feelings are coming from when I get triggered to kind of, you know, all those things of trying to work on that to have better relationships or whatever. Well, in this book, (laughs) he said that there's another kind of ego that looks like it like masquerades as, as a good ego. So basically, Ego is the thing that puts you down, uh, keeps you small, and and this is his his way of looking at it. So I know everyone has different ideas for everything, so I'm not trying to say this is the be-all, end-all, but I agree with a lot of what he was saying. Is like ego is what, um, you know, makes you scream at someone and tell them mean things um, to make yourself feel better. That has, that's that's really not you. Those are things that are conditioned from, you know, the past or, or what have you, like the negative parts of our brains, um, that keep us small, that keep us from doing the things that we want to do, that are mean to people, that judge, uh, criticize, like all the things that come into your brain that, that are gnarly, (laughs) It's all scripted from ego and like it could be passed down generational. It could be something that happened with you when you're a kid and it just gets stuck there and now that's how you operate. There's like so many things that the ego does and a lot of it puts you in the center. So that's why they say self-centered, you know, because it's it's you-centered. The ego is all about you, and your feelings, and your uniqueness, and your success, and your you, 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 you. And so that's what I've always strived to, you know, shed. Um, Because like, you know, I would say that I'm, and it's hard for me to give myself any kind of compliments. So if you saw my face, I'm cringing. But I would say I'm a, a very considerate, thoughtful person. And, um, there are attributes that I would love to see in other people, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why you surround yourself with people that, that hold certain attributes. But what he said in his book here is that you can then have a kind looking ego that is trying to be better for people, considerate, thoughtful, whatever. But if you just start now gauging everybody else against what you're doing. So like I'm being noble or I'm being kind or I'm being considerate and the this group over here isn't and I'm judging that, that's ego. 
And that just kicked me right in the pants because I was just holding on to the good attributes, you know, and then holding that up against people, if that makes any sense. So like, you know, someone who's an hour late and doesn't call or whatever, you know, those kinds of things. And then it's like, oh, well, they're not very enlightened or whatever. And I mean, I really don't say that, but you know, you just have a, eh, gosh, they need some personal growth. And that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's true, but it's not for me to say. And this book, um, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, A New Earth, it I thought it was going to be about that, like a new purpose. And like, I think, I mean, it is in some sense, but the bulk of it is how to shed your ego. And, um, and even the one that, even the, the person you think you are without an ego that looks all kind and whatever it, it is, but not if you judge others against it, you know what I mean? So I don't, I was just shaken by that. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just using this whole other set of standards against everyone now. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest and I, I know it, it doesn't look pretty. It's ugly on me. Um, but it's the truth is just like, you know, even the, the, the noble things, if you judge people, your, your ego is there. So I don't know. And some people are like, it's healthy to have an ego and it's this and that. And it's, and again, I don't want to say anything definitive, but for me, um, whenever there's an issue and I look for, you know, guidance or help, it's usually the ego that needs to shut up. So that's just me. (laughs) It's like, you know, my feelings matter or like whatever. And they do. And that's the thing is like, you have to surround yourself with people that just are innately what you need, you know? And you don't really need to, like, I never have to think about my feelings mattering in certain circles. So it's really interesting to me, too, that, like, the select few people in my life that that I'm not okay with, you know, or that there is an issue with or there is whatever angst or how whatever you want to say, my brain just focuses on that. When there's so much else that is beautiful and good and accepting. And so that's just what I want to work on. And that's why I was reading that book. And it's a beautiful book. Um, I highly recommend it. It's such an easy read and it's so interesting. And I don't know. I'm hoping it'll stick. A lot of things I read open me up for a while and then I revert back. But I don't know. I just feel like in a very open space in my mind, um, even though I'm (laughs) dazed and confused some days and just focused out the window, maybe that's a place of, um, you know, deep stillness that I need. So, so I'm trying to give myself a break and slow down a little bit and I don't know, but 
Yeah, so that I have space for all these thoughts because there's really interesting things coming my way about, you know, new ways to focus, new ways to be, and I just really want to give it all a chance. And I don't think if you're moving too fast, everything will pass you by. So, so yeah. Um, what else, you guys? I have like 17 papers here. My gosh. So right now I'm drowning in new music, like drowning in it. I'm so happy (laughs) to be drowning in it. Um, I'm still listening to Taylor's music. She keeps dropping new stuff. Taylor Swift, um, her song hits different. It's so great. It's just such a funny song. Like it's, it's so good. You should listen to it. It's called hits different. Um, but yeah, and she put that out on the Target edition of the Midnight's album, and I bought it just for that. And then, you know, lo and behold, if you just wait six months, it comes out on Amazon. So I'm never buying anything special anymore. Because frankly, I'm broke from all of her stuff. <laughs> like, I'm so broke. She's so great, though. I'm so excited. Next week, she's got uh, Speak Now, Taylor's version with like six new tracks or something. I'm so excited. Uh, But Ed Sheeran, his new album, he thought it was going to be too sad for people and it's the most beautiful thing ever. And yeah, it is sad, but his documentary people on Disney Plus, I watched that in like two seconds. (laughs) It was so good. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Oh my goodness. Her new album... Her song, Mine, oh my gosh, it just kills me. Like, it cuts me so deep. Um, and then Jason Miraz, I always call him Jason Miraz, but it's Mr. A to Z. Jason Miraz has a new album, and oh my gosh, just dance. You could just dance to that forever. And then Ed Sheeran led me to Maisie Peters. And her album came out on Friday, and Maisie Peters, what a darling little chickadee, and her voice is so cool, and her messages are so big. She's like this cute little thing, and what she sings is so uh, vast, and uh, just like a, comes at you with a punch. You're like, what? Whoa. The history of man. Oh my gosh. It's the best song. I've already listened to that album like six times. I love her. <laughs> so I know she's been around and I feel bad. Um, but that's why it's cool when these people promote other artists and, and share the space because there's a lot of love to go around and I love her. So, and I think I love that her name is Maisie, like Paisley. And then my mom's dog is Maisie. So, but yeah, music. And then I watched a movie called um, A Good Person. It was written and directed by Zach Braff, and it stars Florence Pugh, who I had no idea who she was. I know, because then now I went down a rabbit hole and found out she was in that other movie with Harry Styles. Uh, Don't Worry Darling or something, that whole controversial movie. Uh, Olivia Wilde. And then... She's been in a lot of other things. I don't know. I didn't know about her until this movie, and it's gut-wrenching. 
So beautifully done. Oh my God. I love everything Zach Braff does. I really do. I know sometimes people don't like him, but my gosh, Garden State. And then, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of what it's called, but I watched it a million times with Kate Hudson. Oh, some, oh, and Joey. Oh, I can't think of it, but it's okay. Anyways, um, and then Florence Pugh, she sings a song in it. And it, I can't get this song out of my head. Like, it won't go away. I can't shake you off, dear. Something I have tried to do, but I can't shake you off, dear. Sit on trains and think of you, but I, oh, I can't tell. If it hurts or it helps. I don't think that's how it goes, but it's, I just love it. It's such a pretty song. Um, and then another movie I watched that I just cried and cried and just felt so blessed to have seen it is called Rare Objects. And that, I believe, was written and directed by Katie Holmes these people, man, they're just trying to freaking gut me, (laughs) but it's such beautiful work. It was such a beautiful film, such cool textures and like, yeah, such a good film. Um, both of those, I love those too, but like get your tissues out cause my goodness. And then I've been watching a ton of TV. I watched, uh, based on a true story with my gal, and actually, I, I watched it because my gal told me about it, but my guy is in it. Chris Messina. This guy, he's probably, I don't know, up to my shoulder. He's so short. <laughs> and I adore him. It's just like Kevin Hart. It's like these two. I love them, but like never. I mean, they're so short compared to me. Um But yeah, Chris Messina, he was in the Mindy Project and then the Giant Mechanical Man, which if you haven't seen that, it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. I love it so much. Giant Mechanical Man. And um, yeah, so he, Chris Messina, is in Based on a True Story with my gal, Kaylee Kuoku. I always think I'm saying your name wrong. Probably. Kaylee Kuoku. Kuoku. Kaylee Kuoku? I don't know. But I love her so much. And it's really funny, but it's really gory. And it, there's like, should I say it? I don't want to say it and ruin it. But there's, I guess I'll just be vague. There's one thing that I don't like in any, any film or movie. There's just one thing. If you do this one thing, it puts a bitter taste in my mouth and they did it. So watch it and tell me what you think it was. Um... And then platonic and physical, I've been on a new girl crush, uh, Rose Brine. Br- <laughs> Why can't I say names today? Rose Brine. Brine. Um, platonic. Oh my gosh, Seth Rogen and her, so funny. I love it. So different. Really cool. And physical which is a show that I didn't even know existed until now. And it's been two seasons and that show is crazy good. So different. She's amazing. Um, deals with some crazy stuff, but it's, she is so cool. I've always loved her. Like I watch a lot. 
that she's in because she's so cool. And then I about lost my lunch because <laughs> she's my age. Like she's so damn accomplished and she's my age and she's so pretty and like thin and gorgeous. And I don't say that in any connotation like that she's she's perfect for herself you know what I mean she just looks good and confident not like that you need to be thin but she's just um a fit person (laughs) and she looks so good when she's physical you know she's like working out and has so much confidence and those little um Jane Fonda outfits or whatever but Zoe Deschanel joins the cast in August for their third season so I'm very excited about that And then Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso ended, and I'm so sad about that. His um, whole thing lately has been coming up a lot. Um, I can't remember if I said it in here before, but just to be curious about people and not judgmental. I just love that so much. So like, if someone says something to you that, you know, irks you or whatever, ask more questions instead of walking away mad. I'm really bad at that. Um, cause my feelings get hurt really easily. And so I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. Cause I mean, some people, they're just, they're just mean, <laughs> but I'm the common denominator. And so, yeah, but so I was really sad Ted Lasso ended, but he taught us some good lessons. Be curious and not judgmental. It, like sticks with me. I mean, it sticks, but implementation is a whole nother beast. So I'm working on it. Um, yeah. And then I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries. Anybody into that? I don't know what it is about a good cult show. Um, there was one called the way down cult. It's like a religious cult, but it was teaching people how to lose weight or something. And it was a crazy, crazy show on HBO and they actually had, so I hadn't seen it. It might be old. I actually don't even know when it came out, but I hadn't seen it. And so then I went and when I was watching it, it actually said to be continued. And I was like, oh man. And then I just kept, it kept going. And so people that first watched it, they had to wait and there was a whole nother part that came out um, because there was like all these people that wrote in and were affected by this cult. It was crazy. So there was all these other stories in another part of it. So I watched it all in like one day because when you're exhausted from panic, <laughs> what else is there to do, right? Um, yeah. And then Nexium. I mean, that's kind of old news, but... I don't know. I think like, you know, cults fascinate me. Like I just, um, I've known a lot of people too, that are really strong, smart, confident, wonderful people. Um, and then they, they get caught up in those things, you know, like Scientology or Nexium or, and it's just like, whoa, like, you're so great on your own, you don't need that. Like, what? But but when you watch these things, then you it, like, gives you some insight as to, like, how that might happen. It just really does. It's like, whoa. 
okay, they got them right at their vulnerable moment and said the right thing. So I will never say never, but I just hope I never join a cult. <laughs> um, anyways, summer isn't something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm just not a summer gal. I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I never really was. Like, if I look back on my life to summers, I, I don't like them. I, I like cooler weather. And like when it was school time, like I, I was sad that we were going to be away from school. Like I would, I would sign up for, um, summer school. Yes, I was that girl. But back in the day, oh my gosh, when you sign up for summer school, you could play like Oregon Trail. Do you remember that? Oh, and then like they had all these worksheets that you would do. And if you figured this one out, then you got that next one. And it was like, a, I don't know. I love puzzles. Like I do so many games during the day that are like puzzles, trying to figure stuff out. It's so good for the brain. And so, yeah, I just liked, I liked school. I don't know. I did love school until high school. Um, yeah. And summer school wasn't always the whole summer. And so sometimes I remember the best, the best time of summer was when my brother and I would get dropped off at the movie theater and they had, it was like kids pass or something. And so we could be there for two to three movies and it was amazing. We watched, I remember watching Hercules, the cartoon there, this other movie about like the Soviets like taking over a private school or whatever and the kids had to fight them off. I can't ever remember what that's called. But yeah, stuff that like, yeah, those memories were fun. Like my brother and I just in the movie theater hanging out for like hours, <laughs> just bounce around and they had games and popcorn and food, but that was fun. I think that was in Burbank. Yeah. I think it was when my dad would go to work, he would drop us and I loved it. Um, yeah, what else is going on? Oh, so we had a big thunder and lightning storm a few weeks back that was not reminiscent of anything I've ever been through ever. I was in a fetal position on the ground with my cat, basically. Um, it was like three hours long. Or four hours long. Like it was just nonstop lightning and thunder. And it was like right here. And if you're in a trailer of sorts, there's not a lot of, um, I don't know. I just felt like everything shook. It just felt like, I don't know. I just felt really unsafe and really scared. And yeah, we've just never had anything like that here. Like never very strange. Um, so I don't know if any of you had that same storm come through your area, but oh my God, no, thank you. Like, cause it was warm, you know, it's one of those things. And then there were hail, there was hail. Yeah. I'm not about that. That's kind of why we live in California is cause like, I mean, I don't like the earthquakes, but no tornadoes, please. <laughs> no, no thunder and lightning storms. I mean, I know you get it every now and then, but like that was crazy. And then like, I don't know, like two months ago, there was like a freaking tornado in California down south. 
It's like, what the hell? Can't have it, man. Can't do it. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm just trying to take things a little bit slower. I just want, I'm always so, um, controlling, like not of over others or anything like that, but just like, you know, just try, try to control the finances, try to control the pantry, (laughs) our meals, try to control this, that, and the other. And what I've noticed lately is like the more that I constrict and do that, the more chaos it brings, like, cause it's almost like. I'm telling the universe that things are out of control. So then it says, yep, they are. Here you go. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Um, Yeah, because like I've been learning a lot, too, is like whatever you're doing, you're sending a message. And sometimes we think we're sending a message. I'm in control. Look at me. When really you're scrambling to be in control. So you're telling the universe I'm not in control. And it's like, nope, you're not. Here you go. So. It's really interesting. I, I, I've been learning a lot about visualization and like how we can actually make things come to be, you know, if we just look at things a little bit differently and and really think about what, what we're putting out into the world, you know, because that's the thing is like, am I being of service to others or just serving the ego? And that's, you know, that's something. Because, like, even this podcast, then I was thinking, oh, my gosh. You talk all about yourself the whole time. Look at all the stuff I just said. And it's like baby steps. (laughs) I feel that some of this stuff really helps others. And, yes, there are things that I love that I'm going to share about. And that is very me-centered. Um but I don't think that I'm hurting anyone and I don't think I'm doing it for any gain or what have you. So it's just like trying to figure out a balance and like, it's exhausting. Like, honestly, like it's, I'm always questioning my motives and myself, but I would rather do that than question everybody else. You know, like I, I, that sounds weird too, but because I did say to question others, but like what I mean is like, yeah, I don't know. I just mean that I want to be better inside and be less worried with the outside and let people be who they are. And if, you know, we're two battery, you know, we're two magnets that can't come together or we're oil and water to ask more questions and find out if there is any bridge to this gap, you know, if there is any way to come together, um, instead of just judging and, and moving away from it, you know, but what a feat. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I'm constantly wondering, is it worth it? You know, all this work, um, because it seems like other people, they're just, not thinking about all this stuff and having an easy go with their day, you know, and it's like, that's not for me to think about. The comparison thing has really been a problem 
in my life completely because, you know, when you're young and you're growing up and you're told that the only way you're going to have attention is to be a certain way or to make a certain thing and and be in the public eye, make money, you know, I kind of got the message that like nothing matters if it doesn't make money. And a lot of what I love to do isn't going to make me money and I'm not going to stop doing it, you know, because I think that even if one person (laughs) reads my poem or one person listens to this, um, then hopefully it helped them, you know what I mean? And like, sometimes I'm, I'm so at a loss for like, you know, this whole likes and shares and copies sold and subscribers and followers. And it's like, how many eyes are on you? Okay, then you matter this many times. But I just don't think it's, it's true. I think that you, whatever you're doing that fulfills you is worth doing. And so, yeah, I don't, I've just been, um, you know, thinking a lot about that comparison thing where like, you know, like if somebody who does A, B, and C was shown to you as successful and that's the blueprint for you, then if you you don't have A, B, and C, then you feel less than. It's hard not to compare there when it's ingrained too. So um, comparison is the thief of joy and that could not be more true. It It's completely a thief. <laughs> so I've been trying to do that. And also in comparing with others who aren't doing therapy or who aren't doing this work or whatever. It's like, that is also harmful. Like, well, look at me, I'm doing all this work. It's like, no, (laughs) I'm choosing to do this work because that's what feels like I need to do inside of me. That's just, it's almost innate. It's not something that like, it's almost like if I don't do this, I'm not going to be okay. Like, I know that sounds scary, I'm not going to kill myself. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? It's like, this is something that I have to do. It's just, I don't know if it's the universe or whatever, but it's, these are the way, the way that my brain is made up is I think about all the ways that I move through the world and that's fine, but it's not any different than anybody else. You know what I mean? Um, And so that's, that's this next thing is just to not, to not compare in that respect either. You know, it's kind of like, like the people that would go to church every Sunday and then you'd show up on Easter and they would look at you like, Oh God, you're here just on Easter. You know, it's that same thing. I don't want to be those people that go to church every week and then judge like, the whole point of church is not to judge in my recollection of it is to learn to be, you know, one with all and do unto others and stuff. 
And so to me, to be a churchgoer every week and then to judge the person that comes just for Easter, there's a disconnect within what you're practicing. I Maybe that makes it clear. Maybe it's just, I don't know. But so that's what I don't want to do is like, well, I'm, I'm high and mighty because I'm doing this. No, <laughs> I am not high and mighty. It's a lot of work and I have to do it. Whatever reason, it's a calling or whatever you want to say, but it's also my survival. And there are pieces of it that can really help others. And that is all I got. I will say everything, everything sucks and everything's lovely all at the same time. Glennon Doyle, love Glennon Doyle. She has a wonderful um, podcast and she's always talking about bothness. Like we can have both things, you know, stuff can suck and stuff can be awesome at the same exact time. So just because I don't like duality in people doesn't mean duality in life, you know, can't be a good thing. Like it's a big ball of mess and we're just doing the best we can. But I'm beginning to see myself in a better light because I'm I'm trying to see myself how I see others. I'm trying to see myself in the way that I see others, the way that I treat my friends. I'm trying to be a friend to myself and I'm slowly getting there. Um, We all just do the very best we can. And my therapist, what she just taught me is that each day's best looks different. That was crazy too. That's another form of comparing that we do is like, you know, yesterday I had a pretty, pretty good day. Like I was tired, but I was pretty productive. And if I compared all my days to that, then I would hate myself because, you know, Like Monday, I did, what, two things. I took a shower and I went to therapy. And maybe I did a couple things for work, but like I took a shower and I went to therapy. That's pretty much it. And by went to therapy, I was on the computer. So if I compared every day to that, then I'm a winner. You know what I mean? Like you can't compare your worst day to a great day. Like I can't compare Monday to Tuesday because each day's best looks different. Like her example was she has migraines. And if she compared her migraine day to another day, then she would, you know, would feel horrible about herself, but it's what she has in that day. And that's her best. I thought that was freaking awesome. Yeah. Because then you just do the best you can for that day. Like if you don't feel good, whatever. And you just, you know, and I think there's something to be said about pushing yourself. Like for whatever reason in this time period of my life, like I don't do a lot of laying around I do a lot of sitting and staring out the window, like I told you, (laughs) but for a while there in life, um, I guess last year, there were a lot of days that I would just be in bed 
watching something like just gone into that TV land, just laying around, you know, just couldn't do anything else. And that was a whole period. And I mean, I had good days and bad days again, but, um, I'm really grateful that in this part of my life, you know, maybe it's cause I have a purpose. I'm trying to get sponsors for triple AD golf tournament. And like, I have a lot of things to do. Um, which though I had a lot of things to do for myself back in that period, um, where I was just in bed. And so that's the thing is like, I am not allowing myself just to go lay in bed. Like there's a click in my brain happened to where it's like, okay, you can do anything else. If you want to sit here and write a poem, if you can't, you know, do this work right now, you're going to do it in a minute. I just cannot go lay down. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, every now and then, you know, I'll take a day, um, cause I don't feel good or something like that, but it's usually not a whole day. I intend to take the day and just by laying there for like an hour, I'm like, Oh shoot, I got to do this, this and that and the other. So it's, a, it's a progression and yeah, I just want to honor my feelings and honor myself. And at the same time, I think about that book and how the self it's like, Ugh. I don't want to be so self-centered and yet I don't feel self-centered when I say that that's cringy. So it's just trying to figure that all out. Like how do you implement the egoless life into a life that's very rich of inner, um, you know, inner creativity and like I've cultivated an a very rich inward life, you know, like an introvert life where I have like books and journals and poetry and stories and pictures and like there's a lot of things that I can just sit and do and it seems self-centered because those are my likes and dislikes. I mean, not dislikes, my likes, you know, my passions and the poetry's in my voice or whatever, you know what I mean? And so I've just been more mindful of that and like, well, maybe the poetry doesn't have to say I, it could say you or she, you know. But then, I don't know, then I get in the weeds because it's like, why am I going to change my whole thing just because I read one book? Like, how do I implement that into a way? So that's the thing. It's just trying to take the cool information because I loved it. it. It snapped me open, you know, it like... It really did make me see things a little more clearly. Maybe I just need to take it for that and like not be so blankety, you know, (laughs) like put it over my whole life. Like maybe it just helps in this area or whatever. So yeah, obsessiveness runs in my family. (laughs) I get obsessed of stuff, but I love y'all. I thank you for listening. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back here. Um, but that's everything. That's, that's where I'm at. It's a, it's a lot right now, but it's a good lot. And it's, um, it's all doable. Like everything's going to be all right. You know, even those impending doom feelings and panic attacks and whatever, every time I'm here. So I'm still here. 
I hope wherever you are, you're happy, healthy, and that you're honoring yourself, feeling your feelings, and just being good to yourself and everyone around you. Uh, It's hard to be human, but it is worth it. It is worth it. Enjoy the summertime. I'm sure I'll be back here soon. Um, Yeah. Stay cool. Stay you. This podcast was written and recorded by Jenny Camille. The song you hear at the beginning and the end is called First and Final by Sounds Like Sander. Are you still here? Hi. So I always go back and forth for what to put at the end of these things because I'm, I love profound. I love just gigantic feelings. (laughs) And I always want to sing because I love singing, but it just never really makes me feel like I sing well on here, to be honest. Um, when I hear it back, it just doesn't sound like what I even sang. So I'm not going to bore you with singing, but I was going through a bunch of things. And during COVID, during the pandemic, I watched Dispatches from Elsewhere. And I think I've mentioned it a bunch. And the show is so magical and so deep and gigantical. (laughs) It's not even a word, gigantical. Um, There's just very few things that hold such a big part of my heart. And I try and go back and watch it all the time. Um, The cast of characters is so vast and different. And I feel like it pulls a piece of, or I feel like each of them is a piece of me. You know what I mean? Like there's a piece of all of them in me. Um, I just identify with all the characters and they're so different. And so, I don't know, I just really love it. And then, you know, Jason Siegel, I mean, he wrote it and it's so different. And then at the end and the whole thing, I'm not going to give it away, but um, his monologue at the end, I made a piece of art during COVID, I do believe, um, cause I think his, his show, I think dispatches of elsewhere from elsewhere came out in 2020. I'm pretty, pretty certain now I'm like questioning myself, but, um, 
it is such a brilliant, beautiful show. And Dispatches from Elsewhere, to me, like, I love Wonderland. I love um, Oz. You know, I love places that are just nonsensical <laughs> and beautiful, like the imagination and the, and all that you can create. And, and this was here on earth, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? It was, there's, there's a, a reality part of it, but there's this beautiful, engaging, uh, wonder type of, aspect to it. And so I just looked it up. It came out on March 1st of 2020. And yeah, we were all in it by then. So I didn't watch it right away. Um, but when I did watch it, I bought the DVDs right away. Um, and I fell in love and I made a artwork, a piece of art, um, with the last little bit that is said, and it's so beautiful. Um, and it, it's something that I go to to remind myself whenever I feel lost or like the world isn't magical enough, you know, and that happens quite a bit. I think that's why, you know, people write Neverland and Alice in Wonderland and I mean, Peter Pan, but, um, anyways, I'm all over the place, but I was just going to read his monologue. Um, I will post a picture of what I made on Instagram. If you want to look, it's just really beautiful. And I'm going to read it. I used to think that I could do anything. And then I lost that part of myself. So I went on a search. I didn't always know what I was looking for or even why exactly. I don't know if I found myself again or if this is something new. But I know I want to write about it. Also... I just think the whole thing is fun and weird and and dark and hilarious. And I want it to be all those things. Because I am all those things. This experience helped me remember that. And I just think maybe it might be helpful to anybody who is as confused as I was. As I am. I think that maybe underneath all our stuff, we're just not nearly as different as we choose to believe. Maybe I am Jason. I am you. The end. And when I read it, it sounds so simple. It sounds so very simple, but the culmination of the whole series to end with that is beautiful. And it, and I think it's beautiful as a standalone too. It's usually the simple things that are the most beautiful. And I think we lose sight of that in this grandiose world. So, maybe I am Jenny. I am you. <laughs>